Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today uh, by Inside Texas's XNO expert. Uh, Ian Boyd, college football analyst. How are you doing today, Ian? Doing pretty good. A little good. bit off around here, but we are battling through. Well, this is going to be our Quinn, U- I'm going to call it the Quinn Ewers edition, uh, Ian. Uh, before we get started, I want to remind folks uh, to please uh, like the video, click subscribe in the right-hand portion of your screen or uh, on your podcast uh, to subscribe to it. Also, uh, Ian and I work uh, day-to-day on InsideTexas.com. Inside Texas is your source for Longhorn football and recruiting news. Ian, welcome welcome in, bud, and uh, hope you have had a happy new year and getting ready for the next uh, next year here. Yeah, well, it's been a lot more exciting than these off seasons used to be, you know, instead of wondering which young guy might have to play better, you know, this portal free agency madness, so. Well, and and you just segued it perfectly, right? I mean, there was no bigger portal uh, win for the Longhorns than what happened in December, even though we're, we're looking at January and the Longhorns are trying to fill any number of needs through the portal right now. Uh, but the big win in December uh, came in the form of Quinn Ewers, uh, the former quarterback of Southlake, uh, went to Ohio State for a semester and now has uh, transferred back to the University of Texas. And I really want to go in depth with you on his game. Um, you ready to start that off and talk about Quinn Ewers for a little bit here? Oh yeah. All right. Preparing for years. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, think, I think it's best to kind of autopsy last year's passing attack to some degree before we get into to Quinn. I'm looking at the stats from last year, okay? Charles, or Casey Thompson, excuse me, 165 of 261 for two, 2,113 yards, 24 TDs, nine interceptions. That's a uh, passer rating of 154, a QBR of 154, 63% completion rate, yards per attempt, which I think is a bigger stat than yards per catch. Yards per attempt at eight, eight, uh, eight, a little over eight yards an attempt. Hudson Card, meanwhile, 51 of 83 for 590 around seven yards an attempt, five TDs, and that one pick six against uh, um, Kansas uh, that he had for a passer rating of 138. So altogether, Texas passed for a little over 2,700 yards last year, uh, completing right at 62% of its passes. All of that said, what are the numbers that you really think Sark is? I don't think he's defined by them because stats can mean different things depending on your your entire team but really what is he looking for ideally from a passing uh situation like what are the 65 percent completion rate with eight and a half yards an attempt uh, a higher td to interception ratio what are the the kind of 
bellwether numbers that we need to be looking for that he wants to produce? I think YPA and touchdowns, as simple as those are, those are probably the best indicator of the health of a Sarkeesian passing offense because we know he wants to throw it down the field. He wants to be aggressive. They want to attach RPOs to the runs. So you get guys um, in one-on-one opportunities, run pass conflicts, catching the ball on the run and going downfield. So in, say, the NFL, where it's a lot more drop-back heavy and quarterbacks are having to go through progressions to throw the ball more, uh, seven, eight YPA, that's not bad. Uh, at Texas, when you're trying to throw down the field regularly on play action or RPOs, that's actually indicative of a not particularly healthy passing game. Your numbers should be much, much higher. If you look at like a, a really good Lincoln Riley season at Oklahoma or one of Sarkeesian seasons back at Alabama, you're talking 10 plus yards per attempt, um, which is obviously sometimes like 13 for some of these guys. Mac Jones, I think might've been 12 or 13 yards per attempt. So uh, that's a good, that's a good barometer. That tells you if they are really landing and connecting in their, in their deep throw game. And uh, I think I I was almost surprised hearing those numbers because they sound decent enough. I bet some Texas fans were too, because, you know, you look back to the season it's easy to remember Texas dropping big catches, missing wide open receivers regularly, and just not doing the kind of damage they needed to do in the passing game while teams were loading up to stop the run. Yeah, I, I look at it and, and on the surface, I think the numbers are decent, right? Um, but uh, ultimately, I, I think that they had long bouts of uh, poor play, I think, or maybe kids maybe the guys weren't open you know I, I'm not going to sit here and say it's all Casey Thompson or or all the play call or all the the receivers I think all of it um uh entered into the mix um now that that you know I, I think so so 12 plus YPA is like ideal um given or 10 plus is good 12 plus is Mac Jones that's Heisman level uh type stuff right yeah um what about uh what about the TD to interception ratio? Is there, is there a number there or is that kind of different? I Definitely more TDs is good, especially when you have Xavier Worthy. If you're hitting a guy like that on the move, you should be scoring touchdowns. If he's not scoring a lot of touchdowns, and he did, you know, last year, despite the limited passing game, that probably means you're not making the most of him because he's hard to catch. Um, Sometimes it's up to, you know, circumstance, whether your throw game is scoring touchdowns or just setting you up for a lot of red zone powered in with Bijan or Rashawn type situations. A really good rule of thumb for quarterback numbers is uh, you take YPA, interceptions, and sacks. You can be good at two, but probably not all three. If you're really good on interceptions, that probably means you're taking sacks because you're not forcing the ball down the field. If you're throwing a lot of picks, you better not also be taking a lot of sacks. Um, and, y- and YPA, high YPA means you are throwing it down the field, which is what you want a quarterback to do, especially in a play action offense like this. So uh, I actually thought that that was why Hudson Card initially got the start. It was because he was taking sacks in practice, but Casey Thompson was uh, reported to be throwing more interceptions and sacks are better than interceptions. Gotcha. 
Well, that, that makes sense. I, you know, Thompson did finish with nine. Card uh, only had one on the year, but obviously, you know, had, yeah, well, it had three, uh, three times fewer attempts too. Yeah. So, um, all right. So speaking of that, with Casey Thompson now gone, okay, we've got the overall view of what they want from the passing game. Um, Card didn't hit any of those numbers last year, to be fair. I mean, uh, 7.1 yards per attempt, 61% uh, completion ratio, five, just five TDs, although that doesn't seem bad given he only had 83 attempts. Um, is so, so as we enter in with this, with Quinn Ewers now, who you've seen and we've all seen, a lot of us that, that follow this closely, have watched him develop closely over the years. Is it a foregone conclusion, in your opinion, that it is going to be Quinn Ewers over Hudson Card? Um, I have a hard time believing it would be. I mean, I think it's got to be a competition, right? What, what are your, your thoughts on it right now? Yeah, I think it's definitely a competition. Um, I did a Twitter poll of my own followers just to see what people expected and who they expected to be the starter at Texas. And it was like 80% Quinn Ewers something really high, higher than I expected. Um, the fans, the fans were not enamored with Hudson card last season. That's, that's for sure. I, I don't, I do not think it's a foregone conclusion. I would also note uh, on Hudson card, two of the games where he had the most passing attempts last year were against Arkansas and Iowa state. So those are two teams that were dropping three deep safeties every snap. Right. And uh, I've actually had the chance. I got all 22 of those games and I got the chance to watch them. And uh, obviously he missed some throws in both of those games, but a lot of times he's dropping back and, he, and it's just eight guys sitting on everything. Um, so we didn't get necessarily the best sample of what Hudson Card might be capable of last season, I, I would say. I, I think he had more potential. He could have played better last year, uh, had things shaken out a little differently with which games he played in and, and how the schedule had fallen out. Definitely with another offseason, I, I am not ready to rule out his talent. I think he absolutely could be the starter for Texas and, and potentially very good. He's more of an RPO guy than Ewers, though, right? Maybe not. Maybe not. He, uh, he didn't really run a ton at Lake Travis. They were pretty uh, gun-shy with RPOs with Hudson Card in the season last year. I thought coming out of the offseason, it sounded like he was taking well to RPOs and we'd heard from um, that they'd in the, in the coaching clinics, they had showed a spring footage of card throwing RPOs in, in the offense. But once the actual season came along, he didn't really throw very many. So I, I don't, I'm not totally sure what his uh, comfort level or if he's totally uh, maximized there. Quinn Ewers definitely threw RPOs at South Lake Carroll and is very, very effective in that, in that game. Cause he's got such a, easy natural arm. You can throw from different arm angles. It's very, very easy for Quinn Ewers to, uh, you know, it's a very quick read and then you got to get the ball out very quickly to your left or your right usually. And uh, Ewers, very good at that. Card, I think Card would be good at it, but maybe not better than Ewers. Got you. So this brings me kind of to my, my next point. People have seen enough in person of Hudson Card at, at the, the college level. I still think there's some growth there in him as well. Uh, I, I thought we saw him play a little bit better as the season wore on last year, particularly against West Virginia. So he got injured. But was it enough to 
supplant anyone or uh, for him to you know, make a claim for the starting role. I don't think that's anywhere near the case. So enter Quinn Ewers. And my question, I guess, is you and I both know that Quinn Ewers is a, a, just a tremendous talent. You, you've talked about it. We've talked about it outside of this conversation here uh, before. How, what should people fundamentally think of as a different style of passing game for Texas with Quinn Ewers versus that of a Casey Thompson or a Hudson card? Well, Sark really didn't uh, compromise too much last year because they were still taking a lot of shots down the field. I think they would have taken more if they could, but they, you know, they took a lot and uh, they just didn't connect on them, obviously, as much as they wanted. I would assume with Ewers, it, it at least stays at that level of aggressiveness and potentially goes up a few notches. Um, maybe depend a little bit on, on the protection schemes they're able to uh, execute. But I would expect them to be throwing it deep like Alabama did. With, you know, if you watch Alabama with Mac Jones, they were, they were throwing it deep like uh, several times every quarter on, uh, on like double moves and shot plays that they had obviously drawn up to score touchdowns on. And I think that uh, I think we would see a, a more full bore version of that, even in year one. Probably, I, I don't think they could do it at the Mac Jones level at all next year. I wouldn't anticipate, but I think they may uh, they may reach that level of aggression at the, at the very least. Gotcha. So, what does Ewers bring to the table that the other quarterbacks didn't have? Ewers is a more I think a more natural downfield thrower than either of them. They were very aggressive at South Lake Carroll. Uh, I'd say it even got them into trouble against Westlake in that championship game. There were times where uh, Westlake was getting a lot of pressure and they were trying to beat the pressure throwing deep, which is uh, pretty bold. Um, and it didn't, it didn't work out for them in that game, obviously. Um, so I, I think he's a very natural on that. Um, Hudson Card, I would think, should be a good deep ball thrower, but he was struggling to really connect for Texas. Maybe that was because he was facing so many three deep coverages, but um, he also definitely missed on some throws. I think Ewers will be more accurate there. Uh, Card, Card, I think maybe at his best throwing um, in the intermediate game, that, that might be where he uh, kind of shines brightest. So in that respect, Ewers could bring that change. Does Texas, you know, B. John Robinson is back, obviously. So he's going to be a focal point of the offense. Xavier Worthy is going to be a focal point of the offense. At what point does Ewers need to be the distributor compared to the focal point, at least in year one? I mean, is that, you know, everybody's thinking, okay, this is the number one. He was. He was the number one player in the country as a high school junior. Uh, skipped his senior season to go directly to Ohio State. Given all of that, you would think that he would be the focal point at some level, but given he's also a, a true are going to be a freshman, he's not really, he, it's unlikely he's the focal point, even if he's the, the distributor. So what does that mix look like you think in, in Sark's mind, at least in year one? Yeah, that's always such a complicated question because, you know, high level quarterback play is ultimately distribution still, unless you were a, uh, Vince Young or Sam Ellinger for whom it might mean, you know, 20 carries in a big game. Ewers is not a 20 carries in a big game guy. Something is 
the, the protection schemes went terribly awry if you see yours had 20 carries. It means it got 10 times or something. Um, so I think uh, the, the question there is, is how much decision making do they put on his plate early, right? How much is it, how much are they gonna let him do a lot of drop back and progressions? How often are they gonna give him RPOs? You know, is he making a decision on every single snap or is he gonna have a lot of plays where um, it's a shot play that they practiced where it's like, hey, you're basically gonna throw it here deep to Xavier Worthy or you're gonna check down or um, check to the screen if this, but you're gonna hand the ball off to Bijan Robinson. And I, I suspect it'll be more in that vein that they will be, uh, you know, we know that they, we, we believe that they may be trying to get, add tight ends to the roster through the transfer portal. Um, I suspect they would like to keep playing in 12 personnel if they can and maintain some of what they had in 2021 where they can just kind of line up and run the ball with Bijan and take play action shots if you get over aggressive, but keep it relatively simple for the quarterback. Um, so yeah, I think that we will see them take advantage of Ewer's ability as a thrower, pushing the ball down the field, but they may, uh, they may lean on Worthy and Bijan in terms of how much decision-making they ask Queen Ewers to do with RPOs and everything else and drop back passing. Maybe it's a lot of straightforward runs and shot plays. And then, you know, then there's the whole realm of, you know, what, what are they asking to do in terms of uh, setting protections and making audibles and checks and pr probably, probably not that much next year, you would think. You, if there's, if there's anybody out there, you know, I'm trying to think of how to, how to ask this question because it's uh, what is Quinn Ewers from a, from the personnel that you know, that's returning to Texas and the personnel that's already coming in, what it, does Texas need the most perhaps to help Quinn Ewers along over this next season from a personnel standpoint? I know the linemen are coming in. I know uh, they're, they're active looking at the a wide, wide receiver in the a portal um, you know, what is that drawing it up in your perfect world? Yeah. What do you think they're truly, truly missing in that regard? Well, a tackle actually, um, I don't think they're going to add a tackle through the transfer portal because they have, you know, Carrich and Jones back and they'll be adding all these guys through the freshman year. Um, but you know, if you had an all American left tackle, that would sure be a boost, but I think they need, um, somebody reliable to move the chains on third down. You need a guy that you can just kind of draw up plays and give him like an option route or a side adjustment. And you, and yours knows I'm going to find this guy at the chains. He's going to be open where he needs to be and he'll catch it when I throw it near him. Um, last year, Jordan Whittington, they used as that guy. Uh, I don't know if they, Jordan Whittington might work in that role again or maybe one of the younger guys can do it. But uh, that would certainly be, if they could add a tight end, they could offer that. I think that would be really big. Um, maybe better than that would be to add another deep threat to play off of Xavier Worthy. Um, you can watch you can watch that uh, Mac, Jones teams, Mac Jones team again of Alabama. And uh, you'll find a lot of times where when Jalen Waddell was healthy and he was getting more attention uh, Devonte Smith would get just ridiculous opportunities 
and uh, so would uh, Mechie. And then still for Mechie after Waddle went down, they would have plays where they, you know, they motion the guy everybody's worried about. And then they throw a double move to the guy that everyone is an afterthought. Um, Texas needs that, that double move afterthought guy. I, I'm positive that's what they would have used Isaiah uh, Nair for if he had come is, uh, you know, you move Xavier Worthy around and then all of a sudden Nair's one-on-one -on -one against the team's second best corner and he's wide open on a post. Yeah. That, that would, Texas could, you know, they cooking with gasoline if you can add a, a really high caliber player like that. Gotcha. I was wondering, I mean, my, my thought process on this, um, you know, as I, as I'm going through it in my head, the, the other issue um, that I feel like has to be mentioned is Whittington's health or lack thereof. You, your third down guy needs to play 10 games a year at least, um, you know, and so uh, that, that, that talks about it. And then Marcus Washington isn't that guy that is the not thinking about him out and up guy, the set double move, right? Um, he just doesn't have that kind of speed, even though he was an effective player at times last year, not trying to diminish from what he did because I felt like he had a, had a good season. It's just he's not at the level that you're talking about. Yeah, he hasn't been yet. I'm not totally sure. He did beat uh, Oklahoma State pretty bad one time when they got him a nice opportunity in like an empty formation. But um, yeah, he's not been reliable enough catching the ball or explosive enough in his routes yet to be really either of those guys, you know? Right. Um, so, so Quinn Ewers comes in, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this out to you now. Give me a, a stat line that you think Quinn Ewers produces next year if he's the starter. <clears throat> well, I'm going to assume they find at least one target in the portal that is uh either a third down guy or a take the top off guy. Um, they're going to run the ball an awful lot with Rashawn Johnson and Bijan Robinson. So they will attempt. Well, how many, how many attempts did Casey Thompson have last year? <laughs> he had 261. Hudson had uh, 83 attempts. Okay. So I think he will attempt 300 balls. Probably at a nine yards per attempt would be a good healthy. So you want to be in that 28 to three, 2,800 to 3,000 yard range with uh, 30 touchdowns. And he's a little bit of a gunslinger. So let's keep it under 11 interceptions. And uh, I think that's a modest, reasonable expectation. So 300 attempts, nine, what do you say, 63 to 65% completion rate? Sure. Uh, never, what do you say? I'm asking uh, you. I, I just don't pay enough attention to completion. That yeah, you're, you're more on yards per attempt, huh? Yeah. I got you. All right. And so uh, 2,800 to 3,000 yards, 30 TDs, 11 INTs. And you, it could be Quinn Ewers. It could be Hudson Card. I think so. I, you know, it sure looks like Quinn Ewers has all the fanfare and he'll get every chance, but, uh, you know, just don't, don't write it in stone just yet, you know? Yeah, no, I, hey, there, there can be freak injuries. We've been there. We've seen it um, uh, all through the years. All right. So 
I, I feel like I think we've gone far enough here, here on this one today, Ian. I, I appreciate you really taking us through uh, the quarterback position at Texas and, and where we're at and, and what's going on. Uh, Quinn Ewers coming in via the transfer portal, Hudson Card, uh, the leading returner uh, at the position for the Longhorns. Uh, they'll bat it all it out this spring. Ewers uh, uh, enrolls at Texas next week. Uh, thanks again for watching on Texas Football. This has been Bobby Burton uh, and Ian Boyd of Inside Texas. Thanks a bunch, guys. Bye-bye. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.